Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about the big game from Sunday. That's right, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Congratulations to the Chiefs. But we also talk about the WWE presence with the big game. All the commercials with John Cena, Ric Flair, the intros from The Rock. We get into all of that on today's edition of the Busted Open Podcast. And speaking of football... We get into the XFL. That's right. The XFL season starts this weekend. Has there been any juice? Is there any buzz going in? We talk about it. And are we actually going to watch? And also we get into SmackDown from this past Friday. Top to bottom, soup to nuts. What do we think of the show? And are they on the right direction on the road to WrestleMania? All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Watch Super Bowl? Yeah, of course I. You, me, and everybody else. Did you enjoy the nah. game last night? Nah. Oh, nah. what? What a nah. top nah. to bottom. That was. I thought that was a great experience last night. Nah. You know what I really did like? I really liked the pre-show. There was so many things on that pre-show. You know, like the hundred years of the NFL with all the the former you know great players and coaches. I thought that was excellent. Uh, obviously, R- uh, Rocky introducing both teams. Excellent. I love seeing the four uh, military uh, soldiers, gentlemen, uh, at the middle of the field, uh, including one of the last surviving members of the Tuskegee Airmen bringing the ceremonial coin to the center field. I, I like stuff like that. I-, I-, I love it when the NFL you know, shows us their history and a little bit of the history of America. I really enjoyed all of the pregame stuff. I guess the game was good. I mean, the game was good in the last, like, what, seven minutes? Oh, I disagree. I thought it was a really good game from start to finish. You mentioned, first of all, you mentioned, and I thought they did a great job. It gave me chills where they had, you know, the surviving, you know, 100 greatest players of all time in 100 years of the NFL on the field. I don't know if you noticed, but, our guest from Thursday, Derek Brooks, is one of those 100 greatest players of all time. He was on the field, so it was really cool seeing Derek before he made the trip up to the luxury box with his friend John Lynch, um, unfortunately in a losing effort. So that was awesome. Like you said, the 100-year-old uh, military veterans that came out uh, to help with the coin to us to start the game. And I thought, 
a fantastic game. Obviously, there's going to be things that make you scratch your head. Like, I don't know, the decision by Shanahan to, like, completely not use any of his timeouts in a minute and a half left before the end of the first half, and you choose to pretty much just run out the clock. That frustrated the hell out of me. But uh, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs last night. And like you just said, Bully, pretty pretty strong pro wrestling presence all weekend long, but even especially during that game last night. Well, with Fox being on SmackDown, you would imagine, you know, this is uh, Fox's biggest game, the NFL's biggest game. Uh, you're going to want to see some WWE presence. As a matter of fact, uh, before the game started, I know there were some WWE commercials airing, and I got a text from two separate friends who were just kind of like, you know, fair weather wrestling fans are like, wow, look at all this WWE promotion during the Super Bowl. And I'm like, well, they are on Fox. And they, oh, didn't even know that. So, yeah, the presence was, uh, the presence was good. You know, talking about the, uh, you know, the hundred, you know, players that were there, obviously it was great to see all of them. But the one that really stuck out to me, I mean, Derek Brooks stuck out to me, obviously, because he was on the show last week. And it brought a smile to my face to see Derek Brooks out there because knowing how hard he buried you on the show <laughs> just pop, pops me even bigger. Um, but did you see how happy Don Shula was to be there? Yeah. He was all smiles. I mean, like, when that camera was on him, he was smiling and waving at the crowd. And that camera was probably only for, on him for, you know, three seconds. But he couldn't have been happier to be there. And it's uh, for me, it's great to see those past uh, players who we don't maybe, you know, talk about every single day anymore, get, get those moments. And uh, I don't know. Uh, like you said, with the goosebumps, they did a, a phenomenal job. Uh, I guess you like the game a little bit more than I like the game. I, I'm really not a 49er or a Chief fan. Mm-hmm. I really want, I, for me, I wanted to see Andy Reid win. Yeah, and you know th- that was it. And as you know, as diehard, lifelong Cowboy fans, you it's it's in the handbook. You are not allowed to root for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. When it comes to a game like when your team's not in the game, you got to find those little things to make you root for one team over the other. And, Bully, you're right. If you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, you hate the San Francisco 49ers. So that was enough in it unto itself to root for the Kansas City Chiefs last night. But an exciting game. I mean, obviously it was a lot closer than what the score finally tells you what it was because – the 49ers had a 10-point lead halfway through the fourth quarter, and then they lost it, you know, 21 points by the Kansas City Chiefs to zero points by the San Francisco 49ers in the fourth quarter. And there's your ball game. I tell you, it, it, it looked like a wrestling match, and that's why I put up my tweet. How did you like the booking of the Super Bowl? Because there was a point there after halftime, third quarter going into the fourth quarter, where the 49ers had a tremendous amount of heat on the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs. They, were, they stayed on them. They were kicking them when they were down. They were hitting them hard. And then all of a sudden, here comes the big babyface comeback from babyface Mahomes. And Mahomes is like Hogan. Like, you know, the San Francisco 49ers had the camel clutch on the Kansas City Chiefs. But you know what? One drop, two drops of the arm, third drop, no, 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 no. Wave of the finger, Mahomes comes back, makes sure he gets that huge third down conversion that put them in position to get the game-winning touchdown. Uh, Just a fun game to watch. 
But again, the pro wrestling presence, like you mentioned, The Rock and Flair and Cena and the SmackDown commercials, AEW actually having an ad in the in the Super Bowl program. Uh, Triple H and Stephanie were at the game, and so was Cody and Brandy. They were at the game as well. So, you know, as a pro wrestling fan, that's probably the biggest presence that we've ever seen for pro wrestling at the Super Bowl. Like you said, being it that it's on Fox and with SmackDown on Fox, it was uh, it was kind of fun to see that, especially the Ric Flair hummus commercial. I mean, if I mean, it's got to make put a smile on your face and make you laugh for sure. I mean, if you're if you're seeing Ric Flair in a commercial during the Super Bowl, you have to pop for it. Um, what do you think the conversation would have been like if Hunter, Stephanie, Cody, and Brandy crossed paths yesterday? Oh, that's what great. do you think they would have said to each other? Well, here's where it's almost like Stephanie becomes probably the person that could kind of trump everything because Stephanie can bring up everything outside of what's just going on on Wednesdays. Because if it's Cody and Triple H, the conversation would drift to Wednesday nights, right? I mean, it, 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 that, that's what it is because AEW with Cody and Triple H, we know, is the guy who's behind NXT. So if it's just Triple H and Cody, you know that discussion's all about Wednesday nights. And Wednesday nights is all about AEW and Cody for right now. But Stephanie would be—the the women are the ones that would put everything in the proper place and the proper perspective, I would think. Let's just say that things got tense in that conversation. Who would throw the first punch? Cody, Triple H, Brandy, or Stephanie? Wow, that's a great question. Oh, it's not even close for me. Would it be Stephanie? Who. Oh, without a doubt, she'd haul <laughs> off and crack somebody. <laughs> hey, Stephanie's, <laughs> Stephanie's temper would have gotten the better of Actually, I think it, to me it would probably be Stephanie, but it would be Stephanie to the back of Triple H's head. Like, shut the hell up. <laughs> Let's go sit down in our luxury box that Fox gave us and watch the game while the AEW peons go to their seats and stands like everybody else. Could you see Cody patting Triple H on the shoulder and going, don't worry, kid, you know, keep on trucking along those couple losses those past couple of weeks, you'll do better. You know, just keep you just keep working hard and uh, you'll retrieve your dreams one day, buddy. Yeah, that's, don't forget it. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe instead exactly. of lifting all those weights, maybe you need to run down the treadmill more because it's a marathon, <laughs> my friend. Tremendous. Uh, but it's fun yeah, to even so- have that conversation. Think about it, Bully. Like the fact that, you know, Cody and Brandy are at the game, the fact that there is an AEW ad in the Super Bowl program. Like to me, that's kind of fun. And if you're a wrestling fan, it's one thing with The Rock. I mean, but here's the thing. That was not Dwayne Johnson that was doing those intros at the beginning. That was Rock, you know, in the middle of the ring at a WWF event. I mean, that w- we saw pro wrestler Rock last night at the Super Bowl. And I'm glad we did because pro wrestler Rock made those introductions extremely entertaining. I got to tell you, when, when he was introduced, who do you introduce first? The Niners, right? Yes. Uh, when he was introduced, like the first couple of sentences he said i was like oh wow rocky sounds really canned and i'm not used to hearing him sound that way but then all of a sudden he hit a certain uh, a certain groove and like the 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 rest of it the 90 percent of it was just so entertaining and and so much fun and then when he said you know lay the smack down on your candy ass and he did the eyebrow i popped 
Because how can you not? Well, you know what, Bully? Just because it's fresh in our memory and it was because it was last night and because it was the Super Bowl and because it was The Rock. Let's go back to Super Bowl and go back to the introductions by The Rock. All right, Faithful. It's about that time. We all know about this storied franchise. The rings. The legends. But tonight, it isn't about them. It's about this team. If there's a way to get that W, trust me, they will find it. Starting with this man, Jimmy G, leading his team to 15 wins and counting. Oh, this definitely sounds canned. Oh, you're right. Four names who haunt the very soul of opposing quarterbacks and their future grandchildren. He knew the 49ers weren't winning this game. You can tell. Office of Butler, Armstead, Bosa, and Ford. Broken up, picked off. But the key is, as Mr. Sherman knows, it's not talking smack if you can back it up. And straight from the people's champion himself, allow me to introduce you to the people's tight end. Breaks a tackle 40. My man George Kittle will block. He'll catch a pass. He'll lay the smack down on your candy ass. Here we go. George Kittle. This team, this time, this moment, here come the champions of the NFC. Going to Kansas City, Kansas City, here they come. Here I come. So what if it's been 50 years since Kansas City was last here? By the time it took you to answer the door and tip the pizza guy, this team just scored another touchdown. For the four people on the planet not familiar with my man Travis, he's the tight end who led the league in yards, catches, and made opposing defenses question their life choices. Now there's fast, and then there's these guys. They are Hill, Watkins, and Hardman. But collectively, they are the legion of Zoom. You know this guy don't care. Mr. Matthew, time to unleash hell. And if that's not enough, there's this man, Patrick Mahomes. You cannot take your eyes off it for fear that you will miss something incredible so kingdom are you ready you've waited five decades to hear it here come your champions of the afc that was awesome rock did a fantastic job and you're right it's almost like if he was doing it live it took him a little bit to get warmed up and get familiar and start throwing out the catchphrases. And he did a great job of psyching you up for the game last night. Yep, uh, I totally agree. And I'm glad you heard it too. Like those first couple sentences, I was like, oof, Rocky sounds a little, you know, a little scripted. But then he, 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 hit, that, he hit that next year and, 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 it was, uh, and it was very, very entertaining. And it's great to see pro wrestling presence at the Super Bowl. Obviously, WWE presence. Um, the only ra- way, the only reason I'm saying pro wrestling is, you know, hey man, that's the, the business we're in—the pro wrestling business, sports and entertainment business. And when you see guys like Flair 
and and Rocky and anybody else from the WWE that were there, it kind of it kind of makes you happy and proud to be a part of the business that's been able to cross over into that mainstream world. And what's more mainstream than the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's it's definitely the must-watch game of the entire year. 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93. I feel like today's show on a Monday, and it's kind of like the Super Bowl hangover. I'm sure everyone's belly is full of pizza, wings, and beer, or whatever else you had over the night. So Pierogi. Uh, maybe, maybe even a little bit of pierogi. Uh, I feel like this is going to be— you get, Did you have any uh, pierogi at halftime? No pierogi at halftime. Really? No pierogi at halftime. If you know that's, what I'm saying. That's, like that's like a must. If you know what I'm saying. John Jones is one of the most dominant champions in UFC history. He might be the greatest talent that we've ever seen in the UFC. And at UFC 247, he defends his light heavyweight throne from dangerous knockout artist Dominic Reyes. Hey, John. Hold that bell, baby. Let's go. Join Sirius XF Fight Nation this Saturday for full coverage beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern, followed by post-fight reaction and analysis starting at 1 a.m. Eastern. We bring the fight to Serious XM Fight Nation Channel 156. I think I I think I might have must watching that halftime show last night, bully. There was a lot of shenanigans going on at that halftime show. Yeah, I made a must. Shakir, you made a must. I made a must during the halftime show for Shakira or for uh, who was the other one? Beyonce. Who was the other? J Lo. It was Sha- Shakira and J Lo at the halftime. J Lo, right? Yeah. Yep. Shakira, that Shakira is something else, man. And she's like forty-two years old. It's so funny that you told the producer kid to hit a couple of noises, and now he's hitting too many. Yeah, noises. and then he's not not even in the proper time. She's forty-two years old, boing. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I like it. Oh, I like it like God. that. Wow. So how about Shakira hitting the it's what's lear- up spot? It's a learning experience. <laughs> she did. She did the what's up. <laughs> All right. So let's get down to it. <laughs> I think you did already. <laughs> Twice. Some, some people did not like the halftime show. So let me ask you, Bully. Did you like the halftime show last night? Uh, music, no. I guess performance I liked. But with this uh, politically correct culture that we're in these days i'm surprised that they let them get away with all the things that they get got away with i mean you know people were you know uh, having a hissy fit you know what was it 15 years ago ago dave with uh the janet jackson uh nip slip yeah um and what i saw last night was probably just as bad yeah, I mean, it was, yes, I can understand that. Families are watching the Super Bowl. This is, you know, you know, you're, I'm sure there's a lot of kids watching the Super Bowl. Whether that was the right thing to do or not, I don't know. Who am I to judge? I enjoyed it. I liked it. Don't, gi- don't give me that bull crap, who am I to judge? You got eyes, you got ears, you got a brain. I'm not sure about the brain when you do the power rankings. You'll but like you my know power damn, rankings this week. You, you know damn well that what went on on that stage last night, well, it might have been entertaining. It was entirely too risque for what uh, culture tries to push on us these days. That I would agree with. That I would agree with. And, you know, after the uh, uh, war, wardrobe malfunction with Janet Jackson, like you said, about 15 years ago, they completely changed 
the halftime show. That's when you, you got a lot of like Bruce Springsteen and The Who. They kind of went completely in a different direction. They've definitely gotten younger. Justin Timberlake, Maroon 5. They've def- definitely gotten younger over the, the last few years. But interesting choice with J-Lo and Shakira. Now, J- uh, J-Lo's 50 years old. Shakira's 42 years old. And... um. Man, what they can do and their appeal and everything else at their age and what they're able to do on stage, very, very impressive. But I would agree that it wasn't what I would call family-friendly halftime show at the Super Bowl. Yeah. What was that? That was the tongue thing she was doing. Oh, is that, the, is that what, when she did the uh, tongue thing? Yeah, that was probably not the... Uh... I mean, it, there, was, there was a lot of... Tongue swirl, tongue flapping. There was a lot of uh, twerking. There was a lot of pa- fifty-year-old woman sliding down a pole. Why not? Hey, Super Bowl. Yeah, let's do it. Well, she just had that movie about uh, about the pole dancing, right? Wasn't that movie about pole dancing, go-go dancing? Adult what uh, movie? The movie that J Lo just had. She was uh, nominated for Vic- an Academy Award. Victoria and Abdul. <laughs> <laughs> no, was it? Uh, it wasn't my dinner with Beatrice either. What was that? What the hell was the movie? She was just nominated for an Academy Award know. for. I, it. I don't know. I like when Dave gets know. mad that we don't know something he doesn't know either. <laughs> Think I, the movie. You know That's a great point. Hustlers. By Hustlers. Hustlers is the name of it. Yes. Thank so you. There's a little commercial yeah. for Hustlers. You know, <laughs> they look like they were hustling last night. God bless. I enjoy. Yeah. It. Yeah, okay. Um, I popped huge with with, uh, with Cena in the uh, in the commercial, and I actually had to rewind it when he was in the golf cart driving by. The golf pants that he had on, I thought he had on the Al Chervik Rodney Dangerfield pants from Caddyshack, <laughs> and I wanted. I rewound it, and I'm like, oh damn, he's just got on regular golf pants. I almost popped really hard. And I love the uh, the John Cena tackle dummies of him with the jorts on with yep. with the baseball like that was phenomenal phenomenal really i i thought uh again the pro wrestling presence last night i thought was fantastic and really helped me as a fan of pro wrestling to to get into the game and to get into the whole experience I thought when they presented Andy Reid and the Chiefs with the Vince Lombardi trophy that Vince McMahon was going to do a run-in with a couple of XFL guys and just lay them all out and get some steam on the Chiefs and then uh, take the uh, Vince Lombardi trophy and throw it down and pick up the XFL trophy and proclaim it the only trophy in professional football. You know what? We got to get into that at some point. Since, you know, we had the Super Bowl and the NFL season is over, Bully, the XFL season starts in less than a week. This weekend is the first week, week one of the XFL. And man, if if you're somebody who wants this to succeed, and we do, you know, because it is Vince McMahon, it is the WWE, we want this to succeed. Man, there is no buzz about the start of this XFL season at all, Bully. And to, and to back up what you just said about no buzz, there either there is either no buzz or I am really living with my head up my own ass because when you told me before the show started that it, you and Alex told me that it started this weekend, I was shocked. Like, I had no idea. You know, I want the XFL to succeed. I don't know exactly how much attention I'm going to pay to it. Um, even with the NFL, I'm not as 
much of a diehard as I used to be, but you're so right about the buzz. I guess we did see a couple of commercials for it last night, but as far as the pomp and circumstance that Vince McMahon is known for, especially pushing the XFL, something that kind of, I don't want to use the word fail because I don't think that's fair to Vince, something that you know didn't work as well as he wanted it to do the first time, I'm sure this time he's hell-bent and gangbusters on the XFL working. So I would have liked to have seen a lot more advertising for it. I'm sure we'll get a lot of it tonight on... Uh, on Monday Night Raw, though. Sirius XM Fight Nation celebrates Black History Month every weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Ock and Barack Show. All month long, the show reflects on the life and legacy of different influential African-American athletes. Such icons as Muhammad Ali. Hey, I'm the king of the world. Kobe Bryant. You guys will always be in my heart. I love you guys. Jackie Robinson. Robinson dashes to the plate. Safe. And more will be recognized for the impact they made both in and out of sports. The Yak and Barack Show, weekdays noon till 3 Eastern, only on Sirius XM Fight Nation. As we get closer to the start of the XFL season, we talked a lot about the XFL. doesn't even seem like it was that long ago that we talked about the XFL just starting up, and here we are uh, this weekend, week one of the XFL season, starting on Saturday at 2 on ABC, Seattle at D.C., so I'm wondering from our busted open nation if they're interested in the XFL at all. Is this something that interests them? Do you need a little bit of space in between the end of the NFL season and the start of the XFL season? And are you going to watch the XFL if you're into the XFL just because it's a quote-unquote Vince McMahon project and a Vince McMahon product? I'm, I'm wondering what the nation thinks of uh, the XFL season. And, Bully, I'll ask you, do you think there needs to be a little bit of a break between the Super Bowl and the start of something brand new when it comes to football? Absolutely. I mean, look at how we feel about pro wrestling sometimes with there just being entirely too much of it. I mean, we just went through an entire football season. We just went through the Super Bowl. And now, you know, next week we're getting the XFL, which we, we're not quite sure what it's going to be. We have an idea what it's going to be because of what, what the XFL was in 2000 or 2001. And I'll tell you this, Dave, I was around for the launch of the XFL back in the day. I mean, I remember being on the field uh, for the first uh, Las Vegas game. What were the Las Vegas Gamblers? Mm -hmm. um, I remember all of the advertising, all of the pomp and circumstance, all of the fanfare, everything that was going on where every single WWE superstar at the time was at a different game and uh the you know the swag the the hats the t-shirt the this the that i mean that that xfl was being launched as if it was uh another brand other than the wwe umbrella i don't get that feeling even remotely right now i mean it's so bad like you said at the top of the show i didn't even realize that they started this weekend like uh, with the way people's attention spans are these days especially sports fans i think you have to smack people across the face and let them know that the xfl is going to be here and even if you did that who's in the xfl right now dave that really is drawing you to the league no uh player wise nobody i mean anybody it, it probably more about some of the coaches there's some there's some big names that are going to be coaching the xfl probably more so than any players that are involved and quite honestly Two weeks ago, Bully, you could have told me that the XFL season was starting in 2021, and I would have believed you. 
Like, it kind of just came like, boom, all right, that's right, it's starting in 2020. Boom, that's right, week one is February February 8th. Like, it's just like, man, I didn't realize that we were this close because that's the other thing, too. It almost feels like, Bully, that we just started talking about the XFL coming back. The fact that they they came up with the XFL coming back, they came up with the names, they came up with the the, the cities that it was going to be in and the stadiums they were going to play at, that just felt like that just happened. And now here we are, week one, and you are so right. The first time the XFL was around, there were so many commercials, so many magazines and newspapers were talking about it. Hell, I remember local sports talk radio. That was a huge topic for sports talk radio was the start of the XFL. And even a lot of like news shows were talking about whether this was going to be a credible league or not and, and the whole thing with the, with the WWE. And then now it just seems like it's just a blip on the radar. It doesn't even feel like there's like a new league and a new season starting in just a few days. Okay, so you're a lot more of a football geek than I am. Uh, Alex also, because, you know, Dave, you're a diehard Cowboys fan. Alex, you're a diehard Eagles fan. I'm surprised you guys don't kill each other on a daily basis. Um, if if, Dave, if, if you, I was younger, it would, there would be blood, but, you know, I have <laughs> a family to think about. Um, and, Dave, you worked for the NFL channel for, you know, 10, 11, 12 years, whatever it was. You guys tell me. Does this league have a chance of making it past one season? Are you guys interested? Will you give it a chance? Will you give it the time of day? Uh, I'll give it a chance. I'll definitely tune in. Uh, Probably more so because of the curiosity of doing this show and because it's Vince McMahon. I'll give it a chance. Uh, But if if I was not a pro wrestling fan bully, I don't think I would. Uh, first of all, you do need off seasons. You, you know, you do need a little bit of like, hey, we're talking about it today, the Super Bowl hangover. If this season started in March, and then it was at the point where, man, I miss, I miss watching football. I, you know, and you know, baseball hasn't started yet, so you're kind of like in that limbo in between. You know what? I miss football. I tune in, but to have it start immediately after. The Super Bowl, I think that's tough as well. Um, and again, you mentioned it too. There's no must-see players. There's nobody. There's no buzz around it. At least the first time, it was like you didn't know what to expect. Was there going to be story angles? You know, was there was there going to be over-the-top characters? Were there going to be cameras in the locker room? You know, you know, you had obviously a lot of pro wrestlers talking about the XFL, and then you had a lot of you know, old school football guys talking about the XFL. You know, you you had like, you know, so you know, you had Dick Buckus as a promoter of the XFL saying, "Hey, this this league's going to be a throwback league, and you're going to get a lot of different things that you you don't see in the NFL." I don't hear any of that. I don't hear any old school football players talking about the XFL, and honestly. I don't hear any current pro wrestlers talking much about the XFL either. So to answer your question, if it wasn't for this show and if it wasn't for me being a wrestling fan, I don't think I'd be tuning in. Uh, Alex, your opinion? 
Um, again, I kind of fall in the same camp of Dave because we work on this show. We kind of need to know what's going on in this realm because of Vince McMahon's involvement. But I got to be honest, if I wasn't sitting where I am right now, I'm not exactly sure that I would be watching the XFL. Just because we just went through the whole 16 weeks plus plus the playoffs of, of, um, of the NFL – I kind of I kind of need to take a knee on it. Now, if I was a big like fantasy football person or like a big gambling kind of person, I think this is great because this gives you a lot of opportunity to kind of continue with what you were doing in the in the regular season. But for me, I'll probably maybe check out a game just to see what 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 it's all about and and it'll be up to them to hook me or not. But I'm I I'm not really looking forward or have it on my radar as something of like, "Oh wow, I can't wait to do this." And both Dave, oh, Dave, I got Dave, I got to ask you a question. Uh, when you look around the NFL, uh, a lot of empty seats at the stadiums because teams aren't doing so well, so people lose interest really, really quick. Back in the day, it wasn't like that. Even if your team went 0-16, you were still you know, you know, selling out every game because there was such a loyalty from diehard football fans. If, what fan is going to watch these live games? Like, how big of a football fan do you have to be? And we're, we're seeing a decline in real diehard football fans showing up to stadiums. Like, what's your opinion, your outlook of how these games are going to sell? Well, first of all, there's the NFL, I think, is still pretty as popular as it's always been, but it's perceived in a different way. You mentioned empty seats at stadiums, and you're right. There are some empty seats at stadiums because – Look at the way you can watch football now. You have the, you have the football package where you can watch every game. You have the you have the red zone where it tunes into every game. You lose that if you're actually at the stadium. That's number one. Number two, what's very very popular nowadays? It's fantasy football. So most NFL fans watch, you know, and are and participate and and watch the stats and everything with fantasy football. Hard to do that when you're actually at the stadium. So if your team's not doing great and they're, you know, they're three and ten, you know, you're probably going to just watch the games at home or maybe even tune into a completely different game altogether. Now you look at the XFL. You know, you're not going to get the fantasy football aspect when it comes to the XFL. They're brand new, so you're not going to get diehard fans of a particular team because the league is just starting. So it's going to be very, very interesting. I said it from the beginning that they should not be doing these XFL games at big football stadiums because you're going to get a lot of empty seats. They should do it in very, very small venues that maybe only hold 20,000. You know, instead of 50, 60, I mean, in some some aspects, like the New York team, 75,000. You're not going to get yeah, that many people. How, where do you find 20,000-seat outdoor stadiums? Are you talking about, like, doing baseball stadiums? Uh, maybe minor league baseball stadiums or maybe even bully some of the soccer stadiums that you have as well. I got to tell you, just saying the word minor is not going to fly with Vince McMahon. Where's the XFL? Oh, it's at a minor league stadium. That, that ain't flying with Vince. No way. Well, I know for the New York team, you could buy tickets for $20 and good seats for $20. We'll have to see if that's going to work out for them, having those cheap tickets. Hell, if I was the WWE, man, I would I would be asking – I would be on the phone with Alex Metz, our producer, saying, hey, Alex – 
You guys are the perfect venue. You're on Sirius XM. You got guys that are knowledgeable about football, and it's a wrestling show. This is the perfect avenue to to hype up our league, to get people interested. Can we get some guys on to talk about this? Can we maybe even do a weekly segment with you guys to get you, you know, to get our fans pumped up? I, I you know, I, Alex, I, did, have you gotten any phone calls at all about promoting the XFL? Not only have I not got any phone calls, but all of my correspondence has come back with nothing. Wow. So you've reached out to the WWE? Oh, yeah. To specifically speak about the XFL well, it's on not, our show? It's not the WWE that you're going straight to. The XFL has kind of their own own division that, okay. they're, that they're working. But, yeah, I've been, in, I've been in correspondence. I know Marissa's been in cor- correspondence. It's been very, very difficult to try and get anything having to do with the XFL on this show. And if you're the XFL bully, let's be honest. Is sports talk radio going to talk anything about the XFL? You just had the freaking Super Bowl last night. Do you think they're going to they're going to do anything this week to pump up the XFL when you got uh, uh, the 2020 the hundredth season of the NFL just concluded on Sunday? And you think would they're going to do any kind of promotion for the XFL this week? Would it be fair to say that mainstream sports is not taking it seriously and because it kind of didn't work the first time, they're not even going to give it a chance this time, thus not talk about it at all? Well, I know Sports Talk Radio, if there's if there's anything that could get fodder, they're going to talk about it. So whether they think it's credible or not, I don't think that matters. If they think anything's going to sell and anything's going to generate talk, they'll do it. But ill, ill-timed. Like, if you're the XFL, maybe start the season the first weekend of March. But then even then, you have March Madness. I mean, I don't know when's the right time to do it. But, man, I think this particular show would have been the perfect venue to promote the XFL because you get people that are knowledgeable about football and then you get the pro wrestling fan, and that might be their target audience because I think right now you're right. I don't think that the mainstream Sports fan is going to think this is credible enough right now to grab their attention. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news, they have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car. Required. I was popping because on social media, like I guess in the beginning of the fourth quarter, when it just looked like the 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 Niners were going to kill the uh, the Chiefs, a couple of uh, WWE superstars were ragging on uh, Corbin, like Angelo Dawkins from the Street Profits. Uh, I think even Naomi was like, you know, they're going to lose. You know, they're going to lose. And Corbin stuck to his guns on social media. And he's like, it ain't over. It ain't over. And then there he is standing tall at the end of the game. Video taping uh, himself in the, uh, I think it was the Chiefs end zone. So Baron Corbin gets the last laugh, which I-, I love because wrestling fans hate Corbin so much. 
But to have him be able to stand up and shoot up his middle finger to the wrestling world and going, ha, 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 my team won is awesome. Yeah, Great deal, Heat. Good for Baron Corbin. We got to get him on the show at some point because, I, I mean, we kind of forget about Baron Corbin. But as we're getting closer to WrestleMania, I'm expecting big things from Baron Corbin. What that's going to be, I don't know. Because now we're on the road to WrestleMania. Bully. Here we are on that road to WrestleMania. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I want to get into SmackDown. And I mean, I mean, there's what, roughly about seven or eight shows uh, during the week for pro wrestling. And I'm not talking about all the, the shows that are on, you you know, streaming and stuff like that. I mean, you have you have Raw on Mondays, Tuesdays, you have NWA and Impact. And on Wednesdays, you have the Wednesday Night War with AEW and NXT. You know, uh, Friday, you have SmackDown. And Saturdays, you have, you know, MLW. And there's, a, there's about seven or eight shows. I got to be honest with you, especially... Since the move to Fox, probably my least favorite show to watch. Now, I still like it. It's still wrestling. I still watch it every Friday. But, Bully, probably my least favorite show tends to be SmackDown over the course of the week. It just It's really not resonating with me at all. Now, the matches on the pay-per-views, like what we saw with The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and Daniel Bryan was fantastic. There's no doubt about it, but for the show itself... It just comes up short, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know why it was a difficult watch for me on Friday, but it was. And I'm not taking anything away from the performers. I mean, despite the stipulation of the dog food match, I enjoyed the physicality of the six-man. Um, the four-way tag, a little here or there on it. Um, wish there was a little bit better applied psychology to that match. I think the one thing that really has me invested on SmackDown that thoroughly entertains me is the Otis and Mandy story. I like stuff like that. You know, if you're going to give me some kind of soap opera, um, you know, the Otis and Mandy story is, is, is funny. It's entertaining. It's intriguing. You want to see, you want to see Otis get the girl and you know, somehow, some way the girl is going to crush his, you know, break his, uh, you know, little chubby heart. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, and, and hopefully there's some kind of dude involved or, you know, it wouldn't shock me with the WWE to have, uh, you know, Tucky turn on Otis because Tucky's really got eyes for, you know, Mandy. But then Sonya super kicks Tucky because Sonya wants to be with Mandy. And it's a giant four-way love triangle, blah, blah, blah. That's what's kind of got me invested. The wrestling is good, but like Sheamus and Shorty G. D- give me a reason why I need to be into that match. The, no reason. First of all, we've seen it uh, on we we saw it on the, on the pay per view. We saw it at the Rumble. So why would you want to see it again? And again, they really gave you no reason to ever want to see that again because what it was about a three and a half minute match where Sheamus went over. I don't I don't understand why anybody and. You know, all that buildup of Shorty G, you change his character, you're doing something different, and then you just have him lose every week. I, I, I don't understand the connection there. Like, in your mind, or do you, let's, let's take the average wrestling fan's mind. Do you think when they watch Short, uh, Sheamus and Shorty G, and Sheamus going over on Shorty G, they're like, wow, yeah, man, Sheamus is really having a great comeback. He's really doing awesome. No. No, I I just don't know. 
I just don't know what's going on. It doesn't feel like they're maximizing the potential of Friday nights. And there's a lot of great minds working there. Um, I, I, I can't explain it. A bit of a difficult watch, Dave. Would you say that? And, and maybe it's this. Maybe it's because we do watch so much during the week. As you said, with the Monday night and the Tuesday night and the Wednesday night and the Thursday night. And by the time we get to Friday, we're kind of blown up. So are we giving SmackDown a little bit too much flack? Or is the show just not as entertaining as everything else we watch? I think it's the latter, and here's why. Because MLW, and I know MLW is only an hour. I love MLW on uh, over the weekend. Um, I, I, I love the match that we just saw this past weekend with Marshall Von Eric and MJF. They're doing more in their time with matches and characters and personalities. To me, that's interesting as opposed to what we're getting on Friday nights. As a matter of fact, to me, now all of a sudden, Monday Night Raw is light years ahead of SmackDown. All right, let's break it down really quick and just, just look at the this past Friday as an example. First of all, your world champion is the Fiend Bray Wyatt. All right, it's interesting. It's a personality. It's a character. But there's only so much you can do with that personality and character on a weekly basis on the show. It's kind of like this supernatural thing where it's kind of hard to build up a storyline for the championship. That's why I don't think you really need that championship on Bray Wyatt to make it work. But you know, we, we got what we got la- this past Friday. So you have, like you said, the tag match and the Miz and Morrison and Heavy Machinery and the Revival and Lucha House Party. Let's just look at that ma- match as an example, Bully. Like, are you excited about Lucha House Party at all? I mean, for the most part, Lucha House Party just gets out there every week and they lose. So... Do you really think Lucha House Party was going to win that match? No. Then you look at the Revival, and they've done so much damage to that tag team that I don't know if people really care. I think more people would be interested if Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder left the WWE than actually stay. Heavy machinery with Otis and Tucker. Otis is so into this Mandy Rose storyline. I don't know if you really look at that tag team as anything that's going to be uh, you know, winning matches or putting on matches that people are going to be invested in. And then you have the Miz and John Morrison. They won. Understandable. I kind of knew that going in. And, you know, you had a 12-minute match where you kind of knew that the Miz and John Morrison were going to win anyway. And then you go to the next match, which is also a tag match, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Again, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville lose every single week on SmackDown. And to me, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross were much more entertaining when Alexa Bliss was a heel and it felt like she was using Nikki Cross. Now they're best friends. And to me, there's not really interest in that team at all. Am I missing something there? No, man. I I agree with everything you say. Like, uh, even with the Miz and Morrison, I really don't, uh, as as individual wrestlers, I'm more into the Miz and Morrison than the team was. And I know the team was successful back in the day, but I I don't know. I'm a big fan of the Miz, and the Miz is so talented, and he's got so many layers, and he's so multidimensional at what he can do. Um... Having a, you know, the, the, you know, Miz TV, that Piper's pit S segment. I love stuff like that, that he does because he's go- so good on the stick and he can get other people over. I think he's a, an incredible heel that can, um, get any baby face over sticking him in a team. I don't know. 
And, but you know, you know how it is at WWE. Two singles guys make up a team. They're going to push them to the moon. Um, and they are the number one contender. So I guess they're fighting the New Day at the, uh, at the next pay-per-view, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're number one contenders now. And then you got into the match with Nakamura and Braun Strowman. Nakamura, I bet you half the people who didn't even remember Nakamura was your intercontinental title. They didn't build any kind of story. Braun Strowman wins right there in the middle of the show. They don't make that much of a big deal about it. Now Braun Strowman's holding that intercontinental title. And it makes sense at the end of the day because you have the fiend Bray Wyatt and he's somebody that you can't have wrestle a week on a weekly basis or even a monthly basis on SmackDown. Braun Strowman's kind of going to be your champion for that show. So Braun Strowman's the guy you're going to see holding on a title, defending it each and every week on SmackDown. Remember last Wednesday, I'm sorry, last Thursday, our discussion was about emotional investment NXT compared to AEW, Alex even released a clip of all three of us talking about, you know, why we emotionally invest into AEW a little bit more than NXT. Mm-hmm. What wrestler or wrestlers on SmackDown do you find yourself legitimately caring about right now? Otis. Yeah. Otis. That's it. I, Alex. What about for you? Let's go outside the box here. Otis. Otis. I mean, you guys are being serious, right? You're I'm not being completely... I'm, go, I'm, be, I'm, I'm breaking down the show. And by the way, this past Friday show was labeled a super show. It was Super SmackDown on Friday. It was supposed to be, you know, the big show just before the Super Bowl. And the, they were going to do all these amazing things. I felt, I thought it felt short. And speaking of short, the next match was Sheamus and Shorty G. Like you said, no emotional investment in that match. Sheamus won just like he did on the pay-per-view. And then you had the main event, which, again... The, the stipulation was the loser eats dog food. It was actually labeled a loser eats dog food match between Roman Reigns, the Usos, Baron Corbin, Robert Roode, and Dolph Ziggler. And it seems like this storyline between them have been going on forever. And what for? You know, I mean, there's no title on the line. There's nothing, you know, there's there's no tag titles. There's no single titles. It's just like, you dump dog food on me because I'm the big dog, and now I want to get my revenge and dump dog food on you. Well, now that's over, so where do you go? I, I, I'm trying here. I'm trying to find the positive. I, You know, every single talent on that roster deserves to be there. Every talent on that roster works hard. They all bust their ass. Go ahead, Alex. Well, I was going to say, even though maybe we're not in love with the storyline between Roman and Corbin, I would say the emotional investment in Roman is probably the best it's been in years for the fans, right? Like, he gets a great reaction, and I think fans are into him. I think it's I have just... I have noticed something with Roman. Go ahead. The any time they try to put Roman in a situation where it is even remotely reminding people of the force feeding, they instantly boo him. Yeah, you kind of saw that when he was in there by himself with uh, Drew at the end of the Rumble. But when he's in there with Corbin on SmackDown and he's putting Robert Roode through a table, they're going bananas. Yeah, why? But what? But 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 why? Are they going bananas for Roman? Or do they want to see Corbin get his ass kicked? Mm. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal 
and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.